All right, this is Jared again with Lefty's Prison Rifle Podcast, Episode 10, Box Canyon Showdown NRL Post-Match Report. So I've got Chad and Chris on. I've had them on before, but I've, I've got Ryan and Becca Kaimig on. So I want to introduce them, tell them thanks again for coming on, and uh, kind of get some backstory. Ryan or, or Becca, when do you, when you guys want to start? And... Um, I'll start. I'm Becca Kaimig, and uh, we live in Wichita, Kansas. Um, uh, what do I do for a living? I work at a regional bank, and I'm in real estate. I've been doing that for about 13 years, and uh, work on commercial and residential properties and find it very interesting. And I'm Ryan Kaimig. Um, I work with Rebecca actually at the same regional bank. Um, I've only been there a couple of years, but I work in the IT field doing a lot of automation, uh, just remedial tasks and stuff like that for people. And I've been there for a couple of years, but I've been in IT field for about 13 years as well. Nice. See, I didn't even realize that. So now when I I don't have to rely on Ava for IT. I might have to hit you up to see what's, yeah. what's going on with this. Thing. Well, I've, I've told that, but this thing was a was crazy to try to get started. I didn't realize how much computer stuff I had to know to just get a podcast started and uploaded and doing this stuff. But anyway, I appreciate it. I know. When did when did you start, Becca? I think you and I might have started about the same time. I It's kind of hard for me to remember, but I think this is the – well, so I feels like the start of my third season, but, you know, actually being September now, it's really the end. Um, so I think this is the end of my third full season. Does that sound right? Well, we started in March of 2018, I remember, okay. right? So. Yeah, March of 2018 was when I began. And um, Sun Wen was, um, he's a face out Salina. He was actually at the Box Canyon. And he kind of, I mean, I know Brian was always shooting precision rifle, but Sunwin just kept nagging me and nagging me to join and, or, you know, come to a match. And I shot my first match on a, uh, 223. Is yep. that right? Yep, and he, he did all the loading for me and just gave me the rifle and I just shot and I, I just had a lot of fun doing it. And so then everything kind of snowballed after that. Yeah, I think, it, yeah, it was, that's, that's basically, well, I started late 17, but really got into it. I think the same time, I think we, shot some of our first matches together. Ryan was helping us both out. Yeah. <laughs> I was the baseline match at Conway. Um, that that was my first match. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was my serious first match. So, yeah. So, yeah, you, you've you been showing me up ever since. So, I got to get on the ball here and try and keep up with all of you guys. <laughs> so, let's see. what We'll, we'll start getting into it. Um, what, what did you all – we'll start with Chad. What did you do to prepare for the match, Chad? Uh, absolutely nothing. Four oh, shows. Sh- <clears throat> um, no, uh, I had some barrel trouble the last club match I shot. So, um, to prepare for this one, I made the decision to swap the barrel out and try to get it sped up. Um, so, uh, spent most of my time just trying to gather data on that, um, and mentally prepare for it. I knew, um, Beamer's kind of becoming famous for a lot of movement in his matches, so I kind of mentally prepared for for the hustle on a lot of stages. Yeah. What about what about you, Chris? Uh, probably the same. <clears throat> I really didn't do too much with the range being closed. You can't practice too much <clears throat> without driving forever. So um, maybe a little bit of draft fire practice here and there, but I obviously didn't even check my zero, so I didn't do oh. a lot. Yeah, we'll so get we'll get into some of that. I imagine here later. Yeah, but not a lot. Probably a little dry fire, and then I just loaded up the same, the same that I used uh, at Great Plains, which worked pretty well for me. Um, but outside of that, no real match prep at all. All right. How about you, Ryan and Becca? Um. So I've been working a lot, unfortunately. Well, I guess I shouldn't say unfortunately. I'm fortunate to be able to work, but um. So yeah, I haven't. I would normally, like typically, dry fire like maybe 15 minutes every evening, but uh, I just haven't been able to, so I didn't really get to prep much for this match. Um, I was just felt thankful to actually have all my rounds loaded, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, I well, we dry fired yeah. and we also talked about like, um, okay, with the two day match, Ryan, what, what should we start thinking about? So I think we did try to get our mental thought process going 
to what to expect. Is it going to be two minute part-times, 90 second part-times? If it's 90 seconds, how would we do things differently? We also talked about, um, you know, even like physically keeping yourself hydrated. What are we going to eat? Are we going to have good snacks? I mean, we have those discussions. Maybe yeah. we just kind of take it for granted. Right. And also we do like look at the wind forecast and mm -hmm. think about we the direction. Study we're the be weather shooting. a few days prior. Think about the direction, like you said, and like how, since we are fortunate to be familiar with Twin Peaks, okay, if it's coming out of the south and we kind of know, you know, the, the, like, the positions, you know, kind of as you progress throughout the day, how that's, uh, that uh, range is laid out what could you expect from a south wind yeah like don't be surprised if you might hold straight up on a 1036 uh -huh. target with 18 mile per hour wind like it doesn't make sense but it might work <laughs> <laughs> yeah here's some giggles there in the background like chad and chris might have might realize some of that too because had that brings me had you guys shot that day one we shot that one side of the road i'd never shot in the club matches had you ryan and becca had you guys shot that side of the road before yeah, we have actually. Yeah, I think I think all you guys, yeah, have, Chris and Chad, you guys both made the club matches. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. Of course, I didn't. I didn't get out for that one. But yeah, I also wanted to ask that. Remind me, uh, how many two day national matches have all you guys shot? How many have you shot, Chad? Uh, I don't know. Um, continue on and let me count them up. All right, Chris. <laughs> Uh, like total yeah i think that was my third one your third two day how about you ryan yeah. and becca i think that was our fourth national two-day match uh, in terms of like prs and nrl correct i've shot some competition dynamics you know two and three day matches but yeah you went out earlier this year didn't you, you want to talk about that at all oh it's a competition dynamics match for still Spark? i think that was it because i becca and i shot squatted together and shot together at Spearpoint, and you were you weren't there because you were out shooting. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I went out to New Mexico and shot the Steel Safari match, and, uh, placed fifth. So it was a it was a to me a big achievement. It was a lot of fun. But, yeah, that uh, one. Well, you got a lot of you have a lot of hiking and movement in between. Yeah, and it's uh, it's just all you really. I mean, there's no squad. Uh, you're responsible for finding and uh, ranging and engaging your targets, and you just have to come up with your position on the fly. You can just use whatever equipment you want. Um, I guess if you wanted to carry a bench out there to every spot, you could, <laughs> but it's going to suck pretty bad. Um, but a lot of tripod stuff. Yeah, it's just, uh, just a whole nother mindset, I suppose. So like, you know, you don't have time to plant your kestrel. You just got to kind of take your wind reading on the fly. And I don't even reference a dope card, really. I just put like a turret on my label and I dial my range directly on the turret so no yeah that's quite the accomplishment full yeah full fit well yeah. just the marching around and carrying because you're carrying everything that you want to take along right that's right yeah like your water yeah your water everything your snacks yeah that, that's a lot different than what you guys were doing <laughs> this weekend what I've I've been a part of so yeah that's quite the accomplishment congrats on that thanks Chad you able to count all those you get your yeah seven Seven. Dang, yeah, you've been you've been in quite a few of them then, huh? So what what were you shooting? You talked about changing yours up. We'll start again with you, Chad. What were you shooting as far as uh, rifle caliber setup? Um, so I swapped a lot of things around before this match, which probably wasn't the smartest idea, but um the only two constants I had is I, I still ran my Minox um ZP five scope. And then uh, I ran the Dasher with the 103 Vapor Trails. Uh, but I did, like I said, I, I swapped that barrel out. I went to, uh, to a proof pre-fit for an impact. And then uh, I swapped my chassis. I swapped from kind of a stock back to a chassis um, uh, to an MPA. I felt like I could get a little more solid with it. Um, and barricade-wise during the match, I felt I did really well. Um, a lot of the prone stuff, which was what kind of drove me away from an MPA, is what kind of felt like it. I was suffering against. So I got to get behind that some more. So, how about you, Chris? I uh, still so shooting a six BRA um, in an MPA chassis with a Night Force uh, optic. Um, 
kind of switched back to that from Dasher, but mainly to get away from fire forming and the alpha brass seemed pretty soft. So I went back to the BRA because I just had tons of brass left over from last year. Um, but that's what I've shot pretty much the last three matches. I shot that GT earlier this year, but had some pressure issues and hard boltless stuff with that. So I kind of just gave up on the, gave up on the GT. Um, but yeah, didn't change anything. Just went with what I had. Uh, didn't work very well. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I think it was your exact same setup as great plane. So it wasn't. Yeah, it was. I didn't change anything. Yeah. How about you, Ryan and Becca? I've always shot Dasher. I've, I've worked really hard or I don't know if it's working hard. I've, I've shot the same thing from the very, my well, since, you know, my first season, always shot Jasher. I mean, I guess I've, I have a McMillan A10 stock, which I love. And then I have my, my, my night force. And I've always kept those. So I've always been consistent. No, this guy, Ryan, I was always <laughs> trying to find the lace and greatness. <laughs> Not really. Oh. Just, <laughs> yeah. So I started. I think that's the guy thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I started the season with six five forty seven and had some issues and just went back to Dasher and uh, it's been really good for me uh, just shooting one hundred nine burgers, um, yeah with a Foundation Genesis two stock which is also new for me this year but I've been loving it uh, but still running the old uh, attacker or Night Force attacker with the Milsey reticle and uh, yeah nothing. I guess two out of the ordinary impact action and just kind of, I guess what a lot of people are running really. And it's, it's been rock solid. Yeah. Yeah. There's something to be said, I guess, to, for keeping the same thing like Becca's doing. I, <laughs> I get yeah. Well, Chad, yeah, Chad did it perfect. Cause I, I'm tinkering around with stuff going from BR probably going to, well, I am going to Dasher for next year. So I'm, I'm messing with stuff too. Probably just need to leave it alone and do go Becca route and just uh, I just get too much all. anxiety about changing things up and it's just like I I don't like the mental thing of it like I just keep consistent I mean I, I have an impact action as well but I've been running those things for for a while so yeah yeah there's something to be said for not messing with your stuff but you can't I can't leave well enough alone on anything that I don't so right there with it so Beamer put up match preview like uh videos so did you guys see any of those that you were looking forward to or dreading before you knew exactly what was going on? Or did you just, what's your game plan with that? Do you not pay much attention to it? Did you look at it and try and try and see what some of some of the stuff was going on? Obviously you've all set, shot out at uh, Twin Peaks before. So you had somewhat of an idea, but uh, did you pay any attention to, to Beamer's videos and what he had going on? Chad, we'll just keep going and say to Orange. Chad, would, did you have anything? Yeah, yeah, I watched the videos. Um, I thought they were great videos. It's great advertisement. Um, nothing I really wasn't looking forward to. Um, I really like Ryan's range, Twin Peaks. Um, so I kind of look forward to all of it. He has, he has the distinct advantage with his layout and the land that he can do panoramic stages, meaning you almost swing 180 degrees from target one to the last target, which is great. I enjoy those, but they are tough. <laughs> yeah. Chris, how about you? Did you, you pay much attention to the, the videos? Uh, I think or... I, saw, I saw the videos. I'm not sure if I watched uh, all of them. I think the biggest thing going in Twin Peaks, I know when the wind blows, <clears throat> you know, pretty decent there, it becomes pretty tricky. So <clears throat> I kind of knew looking like a, Ryan and Becca said, looking at the forecast with the winds coming into the weekend, I knew it was going to be pretty difficult, and especially on the, you know, the newer side of the range, because you're changing your direction of fire so much that your wind calls are going to be different stage to stage. So, um, I really didn't pay too too much attention to the videos. Uh, I think maybe I made it through half of one, but when I think he posted them during the day, and when I'm at work, I have I have very little time to, you know, our watch those videos and stuff and I probably didn't think about when I got home but I think my biggest thought process going into going out there was when the wind blows there it's very difficult uh, so I probably thought more about that than anything all right how about you Ryan and Becca um I knew that Beamer posted the videos but I chose not to watch them um mostly in that like I don't want to like days prior think about how I would do a stage and then actually get there and then be like 
well, that's not how I thought it was going to be, or I didn't understand the prop. So I like to keep the stages fresh um, in terms of like only reading the course of fire or the matchbook, um, like 24 hours prior at the most. Yeah. And for me, I'm pretty bad with social media. Um, so I think I watched like a minute of it just saw him driving around and just closed it so <laughs> yeah. well like, yeah I've, I've probably seen this before and then i just closed it out so yeah yeah it's like chad was saying i, I pay attention to it but yeah i think it's good advertisement giving people because i'm sure there was a lot of people that had never shot there so just give them a shot of you know the view and what they were looking at and what they could look forward to so yeah i think it's a good piece but yeah like i've heard a lot of people say what becca's saying where they don't try and game it too early because then you, you get in your own mind and start just messing with yourself, you know? So yeah, it sounds like a good, good game plan. So how did the match go, Chad? How did it end up going, going for you? Um, really actually kind of horrible for me. Um, I still got to get my, I got to get my mental game back. Um, I found myself just kind of walking up to stages, getting my dope, checking my wind, and then just standing there waiting to shoot. Um, I did really well on some stages and it seemed like those stages were where I actually walked up, kind of planned my route, um, looked at how I was going to run that stage. And then I did really well. Um, again, I think, I think it mostly it was the prone stages, the long range stuff. Um, I just, there was nothing I missed by a mile except one mental mistake. I made some mental mistakes, forgot, I, I dialed a mill low on my scope, so I missed by a mile. Um, but other than that, I just kept sliding by edges with the wind. I just kept missing edges at the plate. <clears throat> and then even yesterday, I don't know if anybody else in the group did, uh, there was kind of a, um, there's a lot of animal targets, Ryan likes the animal targets, and one of them was uh, turkeys, the hens, and how they were hanging. If you hit one of the edges, you were you were done for because it was going to swing forever. And uh, I hit the very tip of the tail, and that thing swung, and my second shot slid right by it because it swung out of the way. Yeah, that that was my stage on on day two, and I yeah. they were every squad said something about it. Is a lot of them were even said they were sending shots when it was sideways, just hoping it was straightened back up by the time it got there. Because they'd sit there and wait a second or two, yeah. and yet had some good movement on that one but i mean you know back to chris's comment earlier <clears throat> with our what is considered our home range going through some uh growing pains um shooting skills are definitely perishable um if they're not kept in tune so i could definitely feel that yeah how about you chris yeah i think overall probably didn't shoot my best um I think on day one, I thought, I thought I was, I think I was like a 10th or two tenths high on my zero, <clears throat> which I ended up taking it out towards the end of the day and, and shot quite a bit better uh, on, on a few stages, at least my elevation was on. If I was missing, it was because of the wind. Um, but I also think I learned some things on the other side of the range where, and I really didn't think about it until I was driving home. And I know I've read this before, but when the wind hits those hills, you know, it accelerates up the hill. So I think maybe that – I think that wind on those hills was probably pushing my bullet, you know, a tenth high or, you know, maybe sometimes even two tenths high. Because um, on day two, I ended up having to take that – I ended up taking that point one back out. Um, and that's kind of what I thought about driving home was I think I wasn't accounting for that wind accelerating up those hills and pushing my bullet up a tenth. And so that was probably more – just me not thinking about it. And that's probably a lack of experience shooting in the hills and high wind. Um, but I definitely made some notes when I got home, just to remind myself, uh, if I go back out there and the wind's blowing, but on that side of the range, probably going to be a 10th, two tenths high. Um, I missed a lot of, once I figured that out, I think, uh, all of my misses were, my elevation was good. It was just, you know, just off the left or just off the right side of the plate. And then on, on day two, some of those targets were so small, um, and that wind that even if you made a 10th adjustment on your wind, you were going off the other side of the plate. I think it was the, the first stage, uh, I guess it'd be stage 11 on day two with that very first circle. I don't know how big that circle was, it was like four inches or four, six inch circle. 
I mean, you couldn't even – the wind was blowing so hard by the time we made it over there because we didn't go there until – I think that was our, like, third to last stage. The wind was blowing so hard that I think I fired the first shot. It was off the left side, and then I just made a slight adjustment and went off the right side. So, it was – there. it was – with the wind blowing the way it was and some of the targets being so small, it was, it was, it was definitely difficult. Um, but overall, it, it didn't go – I didn't shoot very well at all. And I think go back to what Chad said probably – probably mentally I probably could have put a little more preparation into uh, preparing for the preparing for the stages. Um, but the other than that, I probably just do just prepare a little better. Yeah. Next time. Yeah. I know in the one day matches that I've shot, it seems like on the way home, that's when I try That's when I concentrate and figure everything out instead of on the fly or, or I think I figure it out. Like you're, like you're saying, when you have that time to think about it. Ryan, Becco, how, how about you? How'd it go for you guys? I say that the match overall went really well. Um, Ryan and I were talking about how there was not a stage that was like, well, that was really messed up um, the way the match director designed it. So like overall, his entire package, I thought the design and the layout was great. Um, I think it was really cool how the weather really gave us two different matches for you know day one versus day two. Um, day one, I kind of struggled on some stages, which we'll probably talk about later. Um, but um, I had a sticky bolt <laughs> all weekend, so that was not fun to deal with. But I mean, I felt like overall mentally, I was my strongest. Um, I really felt disciplined in the things I was trying to focus on. And I felt like it was a good, good match for me. Yeah. Um, for me, like I said, I was, uh, I've been working quite a bit lately, so I haven't really had much time to dry fire as much as I'd like. So I didn't really uh, prep as much as I'd like. And also, as we mentioned, with the, our home range being closed. But uh, overall, I felt like I shot pretty well. There were a few times where I think I pulled the trigger. Well, I know I pulled the trigger a little bit early on, like um, a barricade or a prop. And I definitely missed just due to myself, not due to like a bad wind call, which is also myself anyways, but <laughs> it's not like the a gust came up or something and blew me off target on that. But um, yeah, overall, like uh, there was, I felt like every stage was cleanable, even with the wind. Um, yeah. And where'd you guys finish? You, you finished where at Ryan and Becca? Uh, I finished 20th. And I finished 31st. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like to kind of what, back to what Chris, I think it was Chris was what saying on that, um, that target that was so small. It was just, just interesting how when you start the time of day that you start. So when we got to that stage, which I think it's stage 11, um, I could not even see the target because of the angle of the sun. Um, so that being interesting when you start so early, 8 a.m., 9 a.m. sunrise, I could see the hangar, but I was like, oh, I can't even see the target. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. And how'd you guys end up, Chad and Chris? How'd you guys end up? I think I, I finished thirty eighth, I believe. Yeah. Well, I'm the I'm the lowest of the group. I came in forty third. So. What? That's just because I wasn't shooting it. Because, so. <laughs> well, it's it's funny, you know. We talk about the mental aspect, and uh, I even mentioned this to Chris. Uh, Chris and I were fortunate enough to squad together, so that's always fun when you you know people in the squad. Um, but that we keep talking about that stage eleven and that first target was so small. My mental game was so off. I actually hit that target with my first shot and paused for almost ten seconds because I hit that target. Like it went through my mind. I just hit that. <laughs> oh shit. And so my mental game was so off instead of, hey, hey, dude, you got to continue on. <laughs> and just, I think in our in our group, there was only like two people that even hit over 50% of those targets. That's how bad the wind was by the time we got there. I mean, it was, people were missing those first three targets. I don't, I think there's maybe two people on our, our whole group that hit each one of those three targets. That's how bad the wind got. Yeah. So it was pretty tough to hit that small target. I think I ended up hitting it on the, on the first shot and then the second shot, I held the same thing and it went went off the left. But yeah, it did go off the left. You got a gust. Yeah. So what, Chad? What was your your favorite stage of day one and your least favorite stage of day one? 
Um, I, I'm a movement guy. I really like when they put a lot of movement into the stages. I know it's rough. Um, so I got to probably say that the, your stage, your actually the, the tree was probably my favorite because, you know, it's 10 shots, 10 different positions. Um, that's kind of where I like to, to reside. So, yeah, that, that one looked like fun. I took a picture, so I'm going to post it up on Facebook so people can actually see the design and see the tree. But he has a tree that blown down with 13 spots to choose from and 10 spots you had to shoot one and move in two minutes. So it's, I'd, I'd say 50% or maybe even a little more timed out just getting their 10 shots off. Like it's, it's two minutes, but that's a lot of movement. The one target at 400 yeah. yards, but it looked like fun. I like that too. I like that movement piece of it, trying to figure it out. There's a lot of different, like I said, 13 spots, 10 shots, and there were people choosing all different. Like not even people in the same squad were shooting the same 10 spots. They all kind of had their own game plan and were moving all around that tree. Yeah, I was just fortunate enough to send one into the stump, so. Yeah, yeah, that stump got you and, like, four other people, I think, it got. You were, I should have cleaned that stage and sent one into the stump. Yeah, yeah, you went nine out of ten, and, yeah, you, I'm sure yeah. that, that one that went into the stump you would have had. But what was your least favorite for day one? Uh, least favorite for day one? Um, not, none, really. Um Probably if I had to pick one, if I was forced to, um, well, just because I never can make the decision right, probably the one by the cabin um, shooting off the picnic table. Ryan Ryan has the little round picnic tables. It's not a true picnic table, what I consider. Um, they're hard to shoot modified prone off. They're a little easier to shoot sitting at, but because of the panoramic view, you almost fall off the seat if you're not paying attention. So probably that one if I had to pick one. Yeah, you remember what yardage is? How many targets do you guys have on that one? Um, it was what, five targets, two shots each. So kind of, kind of another little panoramic um, left to right swing. Yeah, I'll have to post a picture of that one. That, that's what – Ken had me upset about our own. I didn't go go around. I heard everybody talking about all these other stages, and I didn't get to go around and check any of them out because I was glued to my one stage. But that's why I needed. I just need to shoot them instead of our own. But Chris, how about you? What was your uh, favorite least favorite? I shot so bad on the first day. I don't even know if I have a favorite stage. Like I'm, <clears throat> I think. Uh, I mean, I really enjoyed most of the stages. Um, I guess I'll go to my least favorite, which I'm opposite of Chad. I don't like moving. So your stage was horrible. I hated the ten. I hated the ten shots, ten different positions. Like I don't know. I like to get stable and at least fire a couple, two or three rounds uh, before I move. So I, I when I when I saw the ten shots, ten different positions, and then you know you had to go around the tree or over the log or you know it just uh, I didn't I didn't enjoy that stage. Uh, I don't think I shot. Tip, I think I was still shooting like a like a tenth high or two tenth high at that time. So I didn't – I think I was going over the top of it a few times. Um, as far as favorite stage on day one, I think all the other ones kind of – probably the same for me. I, I don't know if I really had a favorite stage on day one. Um, I just had one that I really didn't like, and it was the 10 shots in 10 different positions. But <laughs> just that's a lot of movement, and I don't, I don't like moving. So um, I think that's why I shot so well in Great Plains a couple weeks ago because there wasn't a lot of movement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that tree, it, there were people hitting their heads on that tree – Slapping their I guns my, on the tree branch. I hit my rifle on it, yeah. On yeah. that tree branch that was going over. So Yeah, there was there's yeah. a lot of people. I'm amazed no one tripped, but yeah, there are people climbing over the log, climbing back with their rifle. Man, it's kinda of, it's a little hairy on some of them, but yeah. how about you, Ryan and Becca? <clears throat> um, my favorite stages are generally um troop lines that go out to distance. So, for example, that would be like stage four. You know, we start at 500 and at 900. Um, stage six is another troop with different animals. And um, I think another favorite one, stage nine. <laughs> um, you start at 800 and you end at 1175. So those long distance troops are fun for me. Um, I'm right there with Chris. I hated the tree. 
<laughs> Sorry, Jerry. <laughs> I, that was like um, the tree was so hard. Um, just the the building a position on those trees. Um, I made the mistake of I sacrificed my follow through in attempt to complete it in the two minutes. Um, so looking back on it, that was a mistake, and that was something that I learned. Um, I think anytime I have a, a stage like that again. I think it's worth spending the extra seconds, even if you time out, to get those follow-through shots or the follow-through to see my misses so that I can make those corrections and at least pick up maybe two more points. Whereas um, I think I got a four out of 10 on that where maybe I could have gotten a six out of 10. Yeah, um, I... That was also hard because it was kind of like down in a valley and the wind didn't blow down there. So I felt like I was getting overheated and it was just super hot and it was just like, a cluster of two stages in there all at once. So you kind of had either, you know, external factors that just made it terrible for me. So. Yeah. I heard, I heard that from numerous folks, even some of the, the big time pros that were in the top five talking about, they would send it and brass was already flying. They were already ejecting their brass and not even watching where they hit. They just held on and pulled the trigger and then were moving because yeah, it was, it was a lot of movement and follow through definitely was not the best on all of them, I bet, because they were just sending it and moving on. But how about you, Ryan? Yeah, for me, um, I just like uh, Chad, I like movement quite a bit. So to me, your tree stage was you my did favorite. You good, right? You got like a nine? Or a 10. Yeah, I a 10? It. You yeah. cleaned it. Yeah, so. Yeah, uh, there you go. Oh my just, gosh, and you didn't time out. Didn't time out. Damn. Yeah, well, I so. guess you'd have to clean. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess what I like about it too, though, is like, um, I like stages that kind of give you an opportunity to make your own decisions on like, you can, you know, I guess everybody just kind of approaches things differently. So you can be strategic. Yeah. You can be more strategic and make it work for you. Um, like if you're just really good at shooting off wobbly stuff, you could have chose to shoot off that limb, um, and save some, t save some time. movement for sure. And some time. Um, but I don't know. To me, I think it just kind of feels a little more realistic too when you're just like mm -hmm. running and gunning like that. I guess I guess it'd be like more like an urban sniper scenario or something like that. But uh, yeah. yeah, to me, that was my favorite. Um, in terms of least favorite, everything was really good. Um, I can tell you the stage that I did not shoot well. <laughs> well Is that by default your yeah. least favorite when <laughs> right. you don't shoot well? Yeah. Um, there you go. That Ram Yoki troop. I just is that stage four. Yeah, stage oh, okay. four. It was just a regular troop line. You know, you shoot a f like three targets off of like the little um, culvert. You, the culvert pipe. pipe. Okay. And um, that's a good stage for sure. But I guess there was a tree, and I hit the tree, and when I shoot the coyote, so I didn't. I was like, I didn't see any splash anywhere. So it, like really threw my game off. I'm like, well, what in the world? So I just sent another one and saw it, but then I missed like the remainder. Of the turkeys on shot like a four out of ten on that stage so yeah that was yeah that was the one just above me i think yeah stage yeah. four that culvert yeah and that was your guys was that the time tiebreaker no um, no not that one um tiebreaker stage seven stage seven that was hard which was like yeah it's a three four five and six hundred yards all the way re-zero and reshoot it basically just with holdovers with only. Holdovers only. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised, Chris. I, sorry, Chris. I'm, I'm surprised that wasn't Chris's least favorite stage. Uh, looked like he had yeah. like fastest times. Yeah. No, I got no. I got DQ'd. Oh, oh really? What happened? Yeah, oh, dang, we're dropping dimes now. I didn't hear about this. What happened there? Yeah, I, t I touched my scope. Oh. I went back to zero, and then I, I. Uh, when you know, I, well, I did it before I moved off of that pipe, and I went down. I looked at my car, and it's just natural habit to reach up. I didn't turn it; I just touched it. Oh my! So yeah, so in my mind, I'm like, well, you should at least have to turn it before I you. I agree. Makes so, sense. but because I've done the ones where the holdovers are only, and I've oh, I I even caught myself doing those where I'll reach up and just touch it. I'm like, oh, that's holdover only, and go back. But as soon as I touched it, he was like, oh, you're done. You can't shoot. No, oh, they didn't so, give you a warning yeah. or anything, huh? Well, they told us beforehand, but you know, when you're yeah. shooting, your your mind goes to focusing on shooting, and you kind of forget, uh, well, you know, because I even forget the course of fire sometimes. But yeah, I did. I mean, I didn't turn it; I just touched it, and then they're like, "Oh, you're done." So I'm like, "Oh," I mean, I was a little irritated because I was like, "That's not how we typically do it." So don't change the rules all of a sudden, <laughs> you know. Like you're you're not really going with a, 
you're not really going with like the standard that's been set in the past where like i can see if i turned it then yeah you know you're you'd be cute but yeah yeah but you know what the rules were the rules and they told me beforehand so yeah, yeah. You know, I, I thought about that i thought about that afterwards chris and uh because we did specifically ask can you adjust your parallax well somebody shooting the collis their parallax is on that dial right you know, did yeah he, did he beat you anybody from trying to adjust their parallax on a collis yeah yeah see they they give us the ro brief and just said that whatever we do for stage one or our first squad do for the rest so i imagine that's what they did but even like on my stage on day two with those rocks people were forget to move and i'd i'd holler at them but i did it for everybody that did that like, you got to move got to move you know and then they open the bolt and move but yeah that, that's and like i said it they told us the rules beforehand they said if you touch the scope you'd be disqualified so i didn't i mean i didn't argue or anything but it just i think it's because i'm so used to you don't have very many holdover stages, especially where you dial first and then you hold over. Yeah. So for me, it just it it just threw it threw me off mentally, and it's my own fault. The rules are the rules, but yeah, it was it was, I mean the, the stage overall I liked. Um, I thought it was it was a fun stage, but obviously I didn't get to shoot the second part of it. So. Yeah, yeah. Usually you don't have them split. It's either a dial or it's a no dial at all. Yeah. Yeah. Dang, that sucks. I didn't know that. So how about now? We'll go through. Uh, Day two, on the other side of the range, what was your uh, favorite and least favorite, Chad, for day two? Uh, day two, again, um, the movement stage, which was, uh, what was that, six? I think six. It was ten shots, three different positions, but they had them pretty spread out. Um, so you shot four shots at um, a turtle um, TYL rack, and then you moved um, to a log, which was – different distance and then you move to a PRS barricade. Um, so, so that movement was really good. That was probably my favorite, um, least favorite, just because I knew it was going to mess with my bullets so much was the panoramic. Um, I, I like the stage. I even, I even complimented the stage earlier. It's just one of those where I know in that much wind, it's going to mess with a bullet a lot. And, and back to Ryan's, Ryan's comment earlier, um, it messed with the bullet so much that you held straight up in an 18-mile-an-hour wind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just blowing it, just swerving the whole way down there, blowing back and forth. How about you, Chris? Uh, probably my least favorite because I didn't really – I guess I, I didn't shoot bad on it, but it was probably the, the, rooftop, the truck rooftop. Only because the targets were, I mean, they were dingy. And it was, with the wind blowing the way it was, it was kind of like a guessing game, like every target. Um, so, uh, which, I mean, obviously, part of that's probably because I just don't have the experience or the skill to, to master that stage. But um, I really did. I think all the state, all, all the stages on day two were pretty fun. I, I don't think there was any on day two that were, that really were like, uh, your stage on day one where there's just so much movement that I didn't feel like I feel like I was so rushed on that stage on day one that I didn't feel like I was I didn't feel like I was learning anything and I didn't feel like I was working on anything I felt like I was just going as fast as I could to send a round down range and it was everything else was was an afterthought so on day two I didn't feel even on the one that Chad said was his favorite uh, the movement one um, I felt like it wasn't even near as rushed as the as your stage on day one um, but and, and all the stages, I really enjoyed pretty much all the stages on day two. They were all pretty fun. I didn't really have one where, other than that, that truck top one did. Uh, I probably just didn't like it because I didn't shoot well on it. So, yeah. but other than that, I didn't, none of them seemed like overly, none of them seemed like too much movement. Uh, there was a really small target on the, what was that, ISPIC? It was really, what was the one that had the two ISPICs way out there, that one? That one on the oh. left was a small target, like nine. So, yeah. So that was <clears throat> that was pretty fun. But you would have thought shooting at the big target, you could get your wind call and then move over to the small one. But I would put my wind call on the. I'd get an impact on the big one and see where it hit. Put that same wind call on the little one, and it would just go off the left side. So I, I'd hit the big one, miss the little one. But and I think that was the, uh, yeah. I don't remember which stage, but it was pretty fun. Most stages on day two are pretty fun. 
Yeah, and they were they were a minute and a half on day two, so it's even a little bit more, a little quicker. Yeah. On day two, huh? Ryan, Becca, how about how about you guys for day two? Um, I'm once again similar to Chris. Um, going back to like the troops, um, I really I like that reverse ipsic. I think it was cool that it was reverse of what you know shooters were used to. So we started at a thousand and we came brought it back into eight hundred, um, and then also we had another. I like that ram troop. Um, let's see, that was stage 17. So it was like right, left, right, left, and then center. Um, I just like troops in general, but I did not like the truck stage. So that was stage 11. And that was shooting off the roof of the truck. Um, I just generally don't like vehicles at all. They're very scary to me. <laughs> when, um, I don't like, because I'm not either long-legged like guys are or as strong so just even like getting up into the truck is difficult can be difficult um you know putting your you don't know the bipod height like you can't you can like practice a prs barricade you can practice rocks or trees or whatever but i can't really practice a chevy silverado <laughs> um, so like vehicles are just really unpredictable and i just don't like them so then that would therefore be stage 11. Uh, for me, I like the same one that Chad liked, actually. The, uh, so you two are twinsies yeah, with yeah. Chad. Me and Chris are twinsies. <laughs> yeah. So it felt, I don't know, it just felt like real exciting, like, especially with a minute 30. It's I like, know. oh, yeah. You know, it's they like, kind of challenged you. Metal, you they, know? that RO challenged you because he was like, oh, because that was our last stage of the day. And the RO was like, only two other guys have cleaned it. And then Ryan kind of like, first shooter up. And I know you were thinking about it. I can see oh, it yeah. on your face. And then what do you do? You clean it. Yep. Didn't even time out. Because everybody yeah. out on that stage. I had like 12 seconds left. I know. <laughs> I was like, I'm dialing in one mil of wind. <laughs> and I never dial my wind. So I'm like, I'm just going to hold center and send them. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So How do you feel about the beavers? Because that's like another weird animal shape. And sometimes those are hard. Yeah. What did you think about the beavers um, when you're laying down? Didn't care? Just did well, it? I looked at them pretty closely through the spotting scope first to try to mill them and see like where was the widest point of the beaver. Oh. So I kind of held towards the top-ish okay. portion of it. And so I kind of knew like how much play I would have. Okay. And I uh, just tried to envision like which way they would swing, you know, and then to try to make a correction as well. So. He had a lot of animals in there, beavers and turtles, and I had hens on mine. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Uh, baboons and cutworms and vultures. Yeah. Yeah. Vultures. There's a whole zoo out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah sounds like it. I didn't get some elephants and rhinos, though. I think those would be a lot funner to hit or eat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rhinos. We need elephants and rhinos. <laughs> yeah. Endangered species. <laughs> like people with ethics, are like I can't shoot this match. <laughs> hey, more. That means I'm higher up on the list. I get yeah. better <laughs> next time. <laughs> so. Yeah. Jack, it, it, the, the, the coyotes crack me up because it's, they always say the fifth coyote and the thing is huge. I'm like, that's not a, that's not a coyote. Yeah. I think I remember Derek Dornbush saying like, that's a dang timber wolf out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chad, what, what did you, what'd you learn from the match? What are you taking away from it? Um, so actually, uh, Becca, Becca and Ryan use a, a win call process that I, I kind of picked up on and uh I've been I've been playing with it a lot um I think it hurt me a little bit of day one because I, I was still trying to overcomplicate it um about midday two I simplified it even more and it really started to help that was about stage one um and I, I did pick up six on stage one dropping four on those little circles I'll take um, because of what it was doing. So uh, I learned a lot about how I'm going to call wind in the future. Um, so thanks, Becca and Ryan. Uh, um, I also learned that uh, switching to the NPA matrix puts my bipod way out in front of me, which is great. The stability is great, but it severely limited my elevation. Um, I, there was a few stages I couldn't hardly get the butt of my rifle down enough 
to get up onto those hills. So I learned a little bit on that. And then um, really that's, that's about it. Just kind of Becca made the comment about slowing down, um, getting the extra hits. Uh, I learned that eh, probably, probably on stage nine on the, that reverse, the reverse troop line, the reverse Ipsix. I kind of took my time on the first two, knowing that the, the last two were close enough. I could, I could send them a little quicker. So I took my time out there to really get it. So those are kind of my key takeaways. Yeah. How about you, Chris? What'd you take away from the match? Well, I think I learned quite a bit about uh, the win. Kind of same thing Chad's talking about. Like I've, I think I talked to everybody or talked to you guys, you two anyway, um, <clears throat> about the whole, gun mile per hour and then determining your full value win and then your gun mile per hour. And then, you know, you kind of take that, you know, six mile an hour gun, 12 mile an hour win, you be two times your win hold it, you know, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8. And you kind of go in between there. I use that quite a bit. I think most of, if most of my win misses um, were left edge, right edge. And then early in day one, most of my misses were over the top. So I was having an elevation um, issue on day one. Um, but if usually if I was going over the top, I mean, they were, they were semi-centered over the plate. So if my elevation would have been good, those all would have been impact. So, and I think I started working on that two or three matches ago. So that's kind of worked out good for me. Um, I think I'm going to go verify. I have some rounds left, maybe like 13 rounds left uh, that I loaded for the match. So I'm going to probably go out back at some point later today before it cools off. I think there's cold front coming through. So I want to shoot them you know, in, in like temperatures just to see if maybe my velocity sped up or if my group opened up or something. You know, just to verify. But I think I I think I learned on those hills that now wind's going up that hill, especially on day one, it was it was elevating my rounds a little bit and I probably just needed to pay closer attention and just started taking point taking a tenth out or two tenths out. And I probably would have been probably would have shot much better on day one, I think. But um some stuff I I learned I think that I'm gonna verify i guess later on this afternoon yeah how about you ryan becca um what i learned is kind of i feel kind of embarrassed about it um the importance of a clean barrel um i'm sure that's why i have a sticky bolt and i never have never taken cleaning my rifle seriously <laughs> i'm just like oh yeah whatever 500 <laughs> rounds it'll be fine no it's not <laughs> um so that is, um, like I said, it's, it's kind of like your dirty laundry out there and everyone gets to see, because everyone knows what's going on and you're like, oh. <laughs> so I'll be taking that barrel off and be learning some cleaning process. Yeah. Well, now plenty of people are gonna hear is, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's one of the reasons I wanna start this up, just like you're saying is, whatever mistakes I've made, if someone else doesn't make those mistakes, then I think it's a win. So it is somewhat airing your dirty laundry, but if it helps someone else out, then it was a win for everyone, you know? So. How about you, Ryan? Uh, for me, it was, um, I noticed like on the stages that I didn't really get to like focus mentally. Um, those were the stages I struggled with the most. So I feel like I need to. Um, well, that's different than what did you learn versus what are you going to work on? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I've learned that it's an issue you and then that's it. what okay. I'm going to work on. Okay. So <laughs> that's going to keep you honest. Yeah. So, well, I guess I'm guilty too, because now I'm going to clean my rifle more. Well, there you go. <laughs> Sorry. Did, did you guys, this this one's for all of them. Did you guys feel rushed at all? Because I know there were some some of the times we we had Beamer or Ryan coming around, you know, especially on my stage on day one on the tree, it kind of got backed up. Did you guys, as squads, feel rushed at all? Were the ROs rushing you in, at some points? Or? Um, it, and this is just gee whiz. This is just for me. I yeah, right. To me, it, I did feel rushed because, like, you know, like, we're only, like, maybe halfway through because we only have five. We only had five shooters. squad mates. And then, like, the next squad's coming up behind you, and you're like, golly, you know, like. Like, on the tree, we're still picking up brass, right, uh, Jared? And then you have a competitor behind us. From another of, squad. From another squad yeah. looking at the positions. Like, golly, our squad isn't even done. Yeah, that, yeah. see, that's one I, I think I talked to Chad and Chris while we're sitting there not mentioning any names, but. Yeah, other squads were coming in. So I ended up walking back there and trying to say something to them. And, and uh, Beamer showed up, too, and said something to them. But, yeah, the, a whole different squad walking in there, stepping on brass, trying to ask questions. And, yeah, it just 
Yeah, I noticed it as an RO, so I was wondering if you guys were feeling it as shooters. I, I felt it on day one more than day two, yeah. so I don't know what the difference was. Um, I think I think some of it had to do with, yeah, if you had a bigger or a smaller, but some had five, some had seven, and oh. the driving. I think the driving piece of it on day one helped out with some of that. So some of the squads were quicker than others, and they were driving up on. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. That's, that's that was just a G whiz chat or Chris, did you guys, did you guys feel any of that? Because I know, I know exactly what you guys were talking about. And that's kind of what spurred the question that yeah. other squad members were coming up and just walking all up in it and asking questions. But Chad and Chris, did you guys feel any of that in day Chris? one? Yeah, I think uh, we, uh, we had some, we had the squad behind us come and I noticed a couple of times I'm sitting there looking through glass and then I, come off the glass and I, I got like four or five people like all around me. Um, the squad behind us came up, but they didn't, I don't ever remember them coming up and getting in our way, you know, getting in, you know, other than putting their glass around us and they started dropping their bags. I don't, I don't remember them going up and looking at the stage while we saw shooters trying to get ready or anything like that. Um, on either day, I don't recall, but I do know that they started integrating themselves into our squad or moving their rifles over next stars and stuff, which um, I really, at the time I didn't think too much of it, but uh, there was a couple of times where they started crowding in on us a little bit. I'm like, Hey, give, you know, give us our space. Like we're still shooting this stage, you know? Um, but yeah. yeah, I didn't notice them uh, going up and at least for us anyway, I, did, I didn't notice them going up and trying to game a stage while we're still shooting it. But yeah. Yeah, the only I agree with Chris. The only the only thing I noticed, especially on stage eleven, because Brandon Brandon even asked them to back off. They were trying to crowd into the shade. I mean, it was hot. They were trying to crowd into the shade, but really, they I think they had five or six in their squad. We had a full seven. Um, we ended up having one guy um, bow out. He was having some scope tracking issues. So he bowed out and it actually sped us up when we went to six people in our squad, we sped up and they didn't crowd us anymore after that. But yeah, day one, day two, about mid day two, they were, they were integrating into our squad there while we were still shooting. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, day, day one, I know exactly what Beck's talking about. That's one that, that spurred my question. Day two, I didn't, I had a lot more downtime down on day two, but I think that was, there were a couple more uh, target failures, I think on day two that, that kind of bunched some folks up, especially down on the on the left on stage 11 and 12. It got bunched up down there because the rest of them were shooting and they shut down that side of the range for a little while. But yeah, that was, yeah, I felt it as an RO. So I, I wondered if how that affected you guys at all. That wasn't cool, but what, uh, so we kind of went through the, what you're going to work on for your next match with, with what you learned. So overall impressions of the match, Chad. <clears throat> Uh, overall impressive match when I, when we were having the award ceremony, I did go compliment B Beamer and, uh, Ryan Moles a bunch. The match overall was great. Um, flow was great. A lot of uh, the one thing that I liked the most is like Becca and Chris both said, Hey, I like prone. I kind of like the distance stuff. Um, Ryan and I both agree. We like the movement. There was, it was great because there was a variety. Um, there was only what one stage I think was a single target on day one, which was yours, Jared. Yep. Beyond that, everything I think everything was a multiple target, um, which is great. Um, it gets a little boring having just you know dialing one distance and running it. Um, it's fun to a point, but having the mix was great. So overall, great match. The Friday night thing, um, the Saturday night cornhole tournament, um, never really felt bored waiting for the next day. So it was great overall. Chris, how about you? Yeah, I think overall it was a it was a good it had a good mixture of all types of stages and shooting. So overall, it was a great match. I think it like Chad said, it flowed well. Um, I had a great time. I ended up staying staying in Medicine Lodge so I didn't have to drive that hour and 30, hour and 45 minutes back and forth, which I think helped me out, not having to wake up early too. But so I went out to the ranch and, and uh, hung out. Uh, so there was always something going on. Um, I had a great time. We, 
uh, the, the folks from foundation at the pond and Chad was cheating, trying to catch small fish, to get a hundred bucks. I think he, I think he, I think he bought that fish at a bait store and then brought it to the pond, but we're, I did not <laughs> no, it's just, now we saw him fling it out of the water. It was so small it didn't even bite the hook. It just exactly. remember it out of the water. Yeah, we, we saw him <laughs> digging that fish out of the weeds. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, it was overall it was a great match. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I it it definitely highlighted a lot of things I needed to I need to work on, which uh, one of them being wind in the hills because I haven't I don't have a lot of experience shooting in the hills with a lot of wind. So, but overall, yeah, great match. Ryan and Becca, what you guys think? I'm right there. Great match. I would shoot this two day match again. Um, I was very impressed. It's definitely a, um, a match book that I'm going to keep so I can reference back to like what I need to practice on with my notes. Um, we came back to Wichita. We didn't stay the night Friday or Saturday, but um, I'd also, I appreciate that um, every range officer was very, um, like have some water, have a Gatorade. Everyone was sharing. There was um, a great um, positive you know, spirit or camaraderie. Everyone was very friendly. Um, it just overall just nice to have those amenities um, to to the to the range. What I like too is it was like really fresh. So like um, we weren't shooting like a lot of repeat stages or anything from like our club matches, which I thought was nice, and so it didn't give the local guys like us, like really like a competitive advantage, uh, which I think is a good thing. Um, I thought the matchbook was really cool. I, I love how they uh, take pictures of the stage with the ranges. That was the really targets. helpful. Cause like, yeah, especially if you're not from here, you're like, what am I even looking at? And then it's like, oh, well, at least now you have a pretty general idea of like what to imagine even before you get to the match. Or, yeah, yeah, that was, that, well, that helped out ROs too. Cause yeah, a lot of us, a lot of us hadn't well i didn't shoot that side the day one at all but it's easy to look at the, the prop and then look at the picture and yeah it's pretty self-explanatory after that for sure yeah i just really like the feel of just like the ambiance i guess of everything just like everything just felt very like friendly um not like clickish or anything and just it was nice there was never a time where i felt like oh i need something and i can't get a hold of it and uh, yeah, and all the target sizes too, I felt were very appropriate for each stage. Um, yeah, it's just like, there wasn't ever a stage I'm like, this is ridiculous, like this sucks, this you know? This is silly, or like, I can't believe this. No one's gonna hit anything right. on this. Like, the, I think we were looking back through the scores and I think pretty much every stage except for one, someone clean. What one was that? I can't remember what it was either. Was, was it the, I don't know, I want to say it was the win. Ram Troop or something was the one, oh, only, no. only one stage of it clean. Which is kind of surprising. Yeah, but, I know. But still, yeah, I mean, everything was cleanable, I feel like, yeah. even in the wind, um, if you're on your A game, for sure. But yeah. yeah, that that Ram stage, I think that Ram stage, what you're talking about is that one, what was it, the second to last target has a tree, it spins and it has a tree behind it that blocks the wind. Oh, hmm. And I, I think I think everybody gave it wind, and you almost didn't have to. Okay. <laughs> oh. Yeah. See that that was well. I shot that one two day match. I talked about that when I first started in eighteen, and it wasn't any. It didn't feel like it was anything. I was a competitor on that one, but it didn't feel like it was anything like like Chad had mentioned the cornhole. Like there was no cornhole. And that, I shot that competition in Oklahoma, so it was as hot as could be. There was no cornhole there was no hanging out there was no hundred bucks for large fish small fish um like you said foundation came out on it was a friday night and cooked hot dogs and brats for everybody um there's a side, a side match friday in fact my daughter ended up going home with a quarter of that money for the ro's for that side match so yeah it seemed like you're talking about ryan the ambiance like wasn't a, a ton of shooters there's 60 some shooters so it wasn't a big 150 200 shooter match but yeah, see, like everybody, everybody was friendly. Um, a couple of guys from Oklahoma were giving my daughter a hard time on on day one and day two, so I appreciated that. <laughs> so it was it's like everybody was was friendly. Yeah, just just hung out. So yeah, the award ceremony was inside. It was air conditioned. I mean, so yeah, there's just a lot of stuff that obviously I don't know right from wrong or or good or bad, but it seemed like it was real cool. Like it. I wish I would have shot that one. And if they were all like that, I'd shoot a lot more is what it felt like just from 
the outside looking in with, without a whole lot of experience on it. How much money did your daughter end up taking home? 250 bucks. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to teach her about taxes, but she doesn't like that idea. <laughs> 300 if you would have let her jump in that pond. Yeah. Okay. So here you go. Chris <laughs> and Chad and Taylor are talking her to trying to talk her into it. And she would have done it too. jump off the tree into the pond, into the farm pond for like 20 bucks a piece. You would have made like 60 more bucks. <laughs> I told her she would have, I didn't tell her no, but I told her she would have been riding hunting dog in the back of the truck <laughs> on the way back to the hotel. So I think that turned her off a little bit, but yeah, she reminded me that on the way home, she could have went home with over 300 bucks. She would have jumped out of the tree. That's the only time you can make money doing precision rifle. <laughs> I, I know exactly. That's, I told her stick with the RO biz. Yeah. Otherwise there's nothing free here. So. I got to give, I got to give Travis, um, He's kind of the, the mainstay of the NRL. I got to give him um, a huge shout out. He's kind of the one that this is my second uh, two day NRL match. Uh, mostly I've shot PRS. Um, but even the night match, I shot Justin um, Justin's night match down in Oklahoma. And even then, the night that day, Travis is out there trying to get people out, making side bets, even just $2. He carries he carries like a a stack of two dollar bills, and he makes two dollar bets all the time just to make it fun. Um, so I got to give him. He was the one that just out of the blue said, "Hey, I'll pay out a hundred bucks for the longest fish, hundred bucks for the shortest fish." Mm -hmm. So he kind of tries to make a game of everything, put money on it, which makes it extremely fun. Yeah, yeah, it seemed yeah, it seemed like really like family oriented, like everybody knew each other and everybody just wanted to hang out. It wasn't forced fun at all. And just a lot of people doing it. So that, that was pretty cool. So what, uh, what is, what, when, and where's your next match? Chad, what you got coming up? Um, I'm actually probably done for the season, except for the KPRC finale. Um, I was kind of looking at the schedule and everything. And then um, just, components wise there's a lot of stuff i want to work on over the winter so i'm going to be greedy and save my components so i can practice a little bit a little bit over the winter on some stuff for next season so probably kprc finale um will be be it for me all right chris how about you you got anything else planned i think looking at the schedule kprc finale is probably the next match I'll shoot, I I do have a little bit of interest in because I did sign up for the PRS regional, and I think that's in Wisconsin. Um, so I have a little bit of interest, maybe going out there, just go to a different place and shoot. I've never, obviously, never been out there, and then um, my wife actually has uh, friends from Kansas that moved to Wisconsin. They're only like an hour from where that match is, so um, we'd have a place. To, I'd have a place semi close to stay if I went out there. Um, she would just go with me, but. Uh, if I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to, but I may go out and <clears throat> just for the experience, go shoot that. If not, KPRC finale probably be my last match for the year. Yeah. But I do, think, uh, I do think I do think NRL is going to go through to a winner, and I know that uh, I know that Twin Peaks, where we were just out this weekend, was supposed to host the Border Wars finale, and that got pushed. So I don't know if there will be any NRL matches pop up over the wintertime. Um, so um, who knows? KPRC and then maybe the PRS regional. Um, but right now it's, everything's kind of up in the air with all the, with everything that's going on with the COVID and all that stuff. So. Yeah. How about you, Ryan, Becca? We have um, Clay's cartridge company NRL, not, um, I think that was the weekend of oh, in two weeks, like uh, the 19th the, and 20th, 19th and 20th. So we're kind of starting over, you know, brass prep starts over again and getting your stuff ready. Um, so that is in the, I guess the Leedy, Oklahoma area. Um, so we'll, we'll be driving down Friday night, shoot Saturday, Sunday, take off work on Monday and try to recover. Um, after um, Clay's, then we have like the other guys were saying, um, KPRC finale, I'm guessing sometime mid-October. And um, not a lot after that. It's kind of more of a wait and see, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this year's been, yeah, definitely crazy. Components, well, COVID, now components are looking like they're getting kind of sparse. So one, one last shot, uh, 
final, anything else to add? Final shots there, Chad? Um, no. Um, good luck to Beck and Ryan at Clay's Cartridge. I thought about shooting it. Um, I may check if a spot's open, but I, I doubt it. Um, trying to stay close to home through September for a bit. It's pretty close to the wife's birthday, so. Mm. Yeah, you better keep her happy. <laughs> Chris, you got any final shots? Uh, nothing to add. Do you have uh, do you have any reloading components like uh, bargain powder? I'll take that. Um, yeah, uh, I heard I, I can't even get any, so. Um, oh, I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna say. But that'll, that'll probably be my limiting factor come after uh, Cape Hearst finale will be reloading components of my own. So I just don't, they're virtually impossible to get. I have powder that's been on order since May that hasn't come in. So it's, uh, and primers are turning out to be um, the next, the next one, which are sold out pretty much everywhere. So um, that'll really determine how much I shoot or where I shoot and when I shoot after the Cape Hearst finale for sure. I, so. I was going to put in a plug for you that you have a whole pallet of, small rifle primers so call kansas arm supply no that's a, that's a joke don't call chris is already <laughs> yeah. been telling telling chad and i how many emails and phone calls he gets from people all over the united states looking for those little primers oh, yeah. So. yeah i'm just i'm gonna turn my phone number off until i start getting <laughs> stuff coming so yeah but yeah ryan and becca any any final shots any thank yous you want to send out to anybody yeah. Not really. I guess just big thanks to Ryan and Beamer for putting on a really fantastic match. All right. I, yeah, like I said, so I want to just say thanks to Chris and Chad coming on. Ryan and Beck, I really appreciate you guys coming. I wasn't able to get a hold of you. I actually went through Chad, used Chad as a middleman to oh. <laughs> get a hold of you guys and talk to you at the match. But definitely been trying to get you guys on, like the, the KPRC uh, power couple. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when, it comes, when it comes to precision rifle. So I definitely want to get you out of it. I don't want this to be the first and the last time. I want to try and have Great, you guys yeah. on again. So we'll be sure. back. Yeah, I'd be happy. I yeah, appreciate you hosting us too. It's fun. Yeah. If anybody doesn't have any parting shots, we'll go ahead and get off here. Anybody else? No, have fun. All right. Thanks. Thanks guys for coming on. We'll talk to you later. All right. All right. Bye. Mm.